This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media. Welcome to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today is Pat McNulty. Pat is the Associate Director for University and Young Adult Evangelization for the Diocese of Columbus. Welcome, Pat. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super Great excited. to have you. So, you know, I, I think to kind of bring, you know, to carry this point that um, came from your conversion story and that we um, were kind of going to, and that is, so, you know, we might have a, an intellectualized faith growing up, you know, where we've known the faith, we've been raised in the faith, we know the rules, we know what we're supposed to do. And connected to that, too, is how we perceive God. Um, now, part of that is, of course, I think, connected very often to our relationship with our parents, mm-hmm. to our mother and to our father, and and how they've kind of raised us in the witness and the example that they've given us. You know, when we were talking about kind of your pre-experience in college, that was really kind of the, the real point of your personal conversion, um, you were talking about... Um, your own kind of perceptions of God as as sort of a rule keeper or a scorekeeper. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe you could elaborate, like how how did you how do you think you came up with it? Like how was that image kind of implanted? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure how it was implanted. That's something good that uh, yeah, I probably should dig into within uh, my own spiritual life. But yeah, you're right to say that. I think a lot of past. Um, yeah, past relationships, whether it's with our parents or friends or, or other formative people in our lives, can influence that. Um, yeah, my dad's a judge, so I think that probably leads to it a lot. And yeah, that, yeah. His his job is to to enact justice. Um, so um, yeah, he's a great father, but there probably are definitely times where yeah, maybe he has evaluated me and, and kind of wiped things clear. Um, well, and and you know, I I don't I also think that it's. Part of it is the intellectualized faith, because I mm-hmm. think all of us were introduced to the concept of God, and and I think when we're growing up, you know, we have encounters with the Lord, you know, we have these experiences of prayer, we have these experiences of the Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of us, you know, as we look back at our life, there there are these really profound experiences where we really came to know the Lord, not just that, oh, that there is a God, sort of an intellectual but also that you know he is personal and he has intervened in my life and and we see those things but i do think um especially as we hear in the old you know in the old testament you can get a perception of god mm-hmm. or if you even listen to sort of popular culture popular american culture there is this sort of idea of god so i was watching this television series that's supposed to take place in the 1800s, the late 1800s, mm-hmm. and there are these pioneers that are... I'm not going to mention <laughs> because I don't want to endorse any television um, <laughs> series or anything like that. But anyway, there are these pioneers, and some of them are migrants from Europe mm-hmm. with a re- from, like, fleeing religious persecution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's what I found very um, interesting about this, this series is... Even though half of the party is made up of these mm-hmm. zealous religious people who are fleeing religious persecution, God is absent yeah. from it. Mm-hmm. Like he's like he they they don't turn to him mm-hmm. 
when you know the snakes are coming after them or the Indians yeah. are coming after them or they're afraid of bandits or yeah. you know Absolutely. whatever it's it's as if you know which I find that implausible yeah. because I think <laughs> that um America though it wasn't perfect in the 1800s there was a religiosity about mm-hmm. it um yeah. and I wonder if we you know if if sometimes we get that from our culture is this idea that that God is distant, that he's not really a part of our life. Yeah, absolutely. I think pop culture does have that saying of, you know, God is just a rule giver and, you know, go be who you actually are. You should go pursue the world, pursue what feels right to you. That's who you are. And God is there just to prevent you from that, which the exact opposite is true. But when we constantly are surrounding ourselves with the noise of the world, with social media and with music and movies and TV, I mean, yeah, the numbers are crazy how much media people are consuming these days. That's really what's forming the way that you think so much more than the church. If you spend an hour on Sunday at church and maybe a little bit of time here and there reading about the faith, well, you're doing so much more listening to media. So that's really what's you know grabbing hold and, and capturing your attention more so. And I think when you have that intellectual faith, there's certain parts of the faith that can't be intellectualized. Like mercy is just something that can never really be intellectualized. So you can't understand the sacrament of confess, confession from an intellectual standpoint. Um, you know, like you go there and it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that the Lord sent his son um, to die for us. Like that's not something that you can just grasp intellectually. So I think especially for me, confession was something hard to deal with because it was just like, oh yeah, God just wipes the slate clean. I get that, but I never understood the basis of it because my faith was intellectual rather than relational. And you, you know, I think that's a that's a really um, that's a really important point. Is there are these we might call them attributes of the Lord, really. I mean, it, and and they might even we might even be able to say they're the divine attributes of God that you really cannot fully intellectually, or even I would say um, minimally understand intellectually. And mercy is is certainly one of them. And like the the Lord's infinite unconditional love for us, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, even even um, in our human experiences, we don't really experience that pure unconditional love. Absolutely. Um, so you know, there. I don't know if you know that that would be a good kind of little exercise. Or what are these sort of crucial attributes of our relationship with the Lord that you really can't intellectually understand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, you know, and I, again, I think in, in this whole kind of uh, series, you know, of our conversation has really been focused on um, this, what we might call intellectualized faith, which mm-hmm. is, you know, and I, I think another point too is conversion. If, if my faith is intellectualized, what kind of what is the nature of my conversion? Is it that I've been won over to an intellectual argument? Mm-hmm. You know, anyone. I mean, you know, I've seen people do some wicked things with logic, mm-hmm. um, and you know, anyone can be kind of convinced of anything. Yeah. And I, but when we talk about conversion, it's not that I've been won over to an intellectual argument, mm-hmm. which is why we can't reduce evangelization to apologetics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, to that point is. No, conversion is, it's an encounter, which means I have met yeah. this mm-hmm. mysterious person, Jesus Christ, Absolutely. and it's moved me. And it, and it really is, it, it's a meeting and, you know, sort of an event mm-hmm. 
of meeting Christ that is conversion. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was recently reading a book from a psychologist who mentioned that you can actually implant memories within people. Like if you understand the mind well enough, you can actually get to a place where you can very easily convince someone that something happened. Um, yeah, which is kind of scary to think about, but the mind is, it's controllable and it's, um, yeah, manipulable by, by evil forces for sure. Um, but even that, like our faith, um, yeah, I hope my faith is more than me. And if my faith is an intellectual faith, then my faith runs out where my mm-hmm. intellect runs out. Um, and even if you're a very smart person, your intellect is very limited um, in terms of the world. You can only know so much. And so, yeah, faith is something that goes beyond that. You know, a lot of times we talk about faith versus reason. That's not, it's not really the question we should ask. It's, you know, reason can carry us so far, but there comes a day where you have to step beyond reason. Um, and that's where that faith, that's where that encounter comes in. Um, yeah, more so than just relying on that intellectual faith. And it, you know, and the and the hu- the whole human person, even though we're a rational being, you know, Homo sapiens sapiens, the wise, the the wise man, yep. you know that that reason is something very distinctive to the human person. Absolutely. Um, nonetheless, that's not all of what it means to be human. Absolutely. Now there may be some various um, schools of theology and religious orders who would perhaps burn me at the stake for saying this, but <laughs> there really is more to the human person than reason. Absolutely. And that we do have a will, which is essential to our human condition. Our free will is, is also something that is distinctively human, but also our emotions and passions, especially as they align to an ultimate good. Absolutely. Um, those desires, even, mm-hmm. um, are very human, and are an essential part of who we are as well. Yeah. And to just say that the faith should just hit me in the head, mm-hmm. or that we we all we have to do is um, educate people more, absolutely, then that'll do it. Well, that that's not going to work. Yeah, definitely. And the church has always talked about you know the three transcendentals: truth, beauty, and goodness, which are all important. And truth hits you in the head. Um, goodness should hit you in the heart, and beauty should engage your senses and your emotions. Um, and to favor one, I mean, I think every person probably favors one, which is okay, but to favor one at the exclusion of the others is to eliminate two-thirds of what is, is good about being human and involved in our faith. And it's also, you know, Jesus Christ has become fully human, which means he wants to engage with us Absolutely. in a fully human way in all of these areas of our life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and in some ways, he's come to redeem all of our human nature, which means all of these areas as well. Absolutely. Which is why, you know, Jesus is truth. You know, I am the way, the truth, and the life, you know. He is the beauty. You know, there's this beautiful hymn, um, Beautiful Savior, that it's, it's more commonly sung in Protestant churches, but, you know, it points to the absolute beauty of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, he's there's never been a better human life lived mm-hmm. in Christ. So, um, you know, so it's, in, so, you know, as, as we kind of wrap up this segment, you know, this sort of intellectualized faith, which was very much a part of um, your growing up and everything like that, yep. it brings you to where you need to be, though, in college. Absolutely. With me today has been Pat McNulty. Pat is the new associate Director for University and Young Adult Evangelization for the Diocese of Columbus. Thank you, Pat, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is great. And until next time, peace and all good. A Diocese of Columbus production in partnership with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.